Every time we gather to celebrate the Eucharist, not only do we celebrate Mass, but we also hear God's Word. And sometimes in literature, um, liturgy, we speak of the table of the Word of God and the table of the Eucharist, the table of the Word of God, because this, this Word of God is nourishing our souls, is nourishing our heart, gives us understanding, allows us to receive the graces, the special, extraordinary graces God wishes to, to endow us with. But what do we hear today? We go back to the, the moment of, of the Sinai Covenant. We see that Moses, who is the one who leads the people of God, is also in communion with God. God speaks to him on the mountain. God communicates with him and he shares his word. He shares that covenant relationship with the people. And so there he is. He's the one who not only represents the people, but he's also the one who delivers the, the word of God to them, because that's what a prophet does. Prophetic word is to speak on behalf of God, because that person receives special grace from God to be able to communicate his word. And so we have here this image of Moses who speaks to Moses, who speaks in sin communion with God, and the Lord who came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. And what did he say? Taking some of the spirit that was on Moses, the Lord bestowed it on 70 elders. As, and as the Spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied. So the, the Lord in his generosity not only gave Moses the special gifts, but also 70, 70 others or 72 others. And they begin and they receive the special grace to speak on behalf of God, to be convin convinced and convicted of the truth, to be firm, firmly rooted in the knowledge of God's ways. And so now, we have a continued the story of the, from the book of Numbers continues. Now two men, one named Eldad and the other Maedad, were not in a gathering, but had been left in a camp. But even though they were not present in a tent where Moses bestowed upon the divine graces upon them, they too had been on a list, but had not gone out to the tent Yet the Spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in a camp. So when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been with Moses, and he was his aide, he said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. Okay, um, it is interesting that Joshua, as you know, became the successor of, of Moses. But when somebody told him, you know, this, these two elders begin to prophesy, they were outside of the tent with Moses. Immediately, a young youth came to, um, to report that there's something not right with them. And so, but Moses, look at what Moses did. He's a man of God. He understands God's ways. And he says to, quickly to Joshua, he says, are you jealous for my sake? 
very jealous with that. And then he says something very profound, would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. That is wish, that would all, all the people would be, would become the prophets of God, would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on, on them all. It shows the um, character of Moses here. Not only is he not jealous, but he wishes everyone to receive the special gifts from God, that they may truly be prophets, to be men and women who speak on behalf of God with, with courage, with strength. All of us are recipients of the grace of the Holy Spirit. All of us, we know that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, when we know that when he prepared the, his disciples and others to, to receive the Holy Spirit, not only the Holy Spirit came upon them, but it was the disciples, the 12, who continued to pass on the Holy Spirit. We ourselves have received that Holy Spirit through in baptism and then in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in confirmation. The Holy Spirit has been given to us and the gifts with the Holy Spirit are powerful. One of the gifts is to prophesy, to speak on behalf of God. All of us have received these gifts, extraordinary gifts, gifts of prudence, knowledge, how to lead, how to guide, gifts of wisdom, understanding, fear of the Lord, which means awesomeness of God that we receive, that we honor him as truly God. All the gifts that we have received, so they're with us, they're, they're there. Sometimes they have not been opened up fully. They're kind of latent sometimes because there's a worry, fear, what people would say. Sometimes if our family members would say, you know, he or she is kind of crazy. Um, but the gifts of the Spirit have been given to us. How do we open our hearts so that the Holy Spirit may act in us in a powerful way? But there's more than 12 of us here. There's more than 72 here. 12 follow Jesus, 72 were his disciples. There's more of us. Just like the 72 that Moses gave, there was also 72 that Jesus sent out to the, through the countryside of Galilee to speak on behalf of God, to prepare the people through conversion of heart, through a, the type of examination of the heart and just to remove anything which is not, not of God and to make, make uh, our hearts pure again by seeking his forgiveness and mercy. So there's more. I remember, and I said, I mentioned perhaps once or so in homily in the previous year, the example of John Paul II, St. Paul, St. Paul, uh, John Paul II, and his father, how he asked his son as a child, he says, I'd like you to do one thing for me throughout your life. I want you to pray a prayer to the Holy Spirit each day. Pray the Holy Spirit, promise me that you do so. And so St. John Paul did that. He recalls that he began to pray this prayer to the Holy Spirit. And it seemed like the prayer to the Holy Spirit didn't seem to change him at all. He loved sports. He loved to play soccer. You know, in high school, he wanted to, to uh, he, he, uh, he wanted to act. You know, theater was his likings. He went to college first year. They seemed like just a normal, regular person. There seemed to be nothing unusual. 
He was friends with others. Some people appreciated him very much as, as a student, as a, as a friend in school. But then we have a moment where we see that during World War II, he works in a quarry. That's the only thing he had to work, otherwise he would have been sent to, you know, to some prison or concentration camp. So he has, he has this card, you know, issued by the, by the Gestapo. So he's working physically, manually. And there, in that in midst of, of this work, this, the fruitfulness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to show up, manifest themselves. He begins to read the scripture. He finds someone who became a spiritual director, layman, who was a third order Carmelite, secular Carmelite, who led him in the spiritual life. The Lord began to arrange things for him in a way that he would not understand. And it's only then, several years later, he realized that the Lord is calling him to his ministry. And we know what happens afterwards. The, the prayer to the Holy Spirit that he prayed each day allowed him, allowed that spirit to come more and more into his life, allowed that spirit, which is, we, we all have received in baptism, especially through the sacrament of confirmation, to manifest itself more fully as we can see in his life not only in his ministry and mission, his witness, and his powerful way of speaking on behalf of the Lord, calling all of us to follow him, to come to know him, to find the joy and delight in him. But we know that it led him to sanctity, where he's raised to the honors of the altar. This is what the Holy Spirit is able to do. And this is why Moses today says, I wish that everyone would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit not just the 72 that everyone will receive. And we have Jesus, the Son of God, anointed by the Father, sent to us, who came to us to be a witness in human way, in human body, in human, through human words, that we could see the Father's love. And so the, it is Jesus who gives us the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, not only to his disciples who sin you shall forgive are forgiven, but receive the Holy Spirit, be sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's when the bishop, when he gives you and gives all of us and bestows upon us the sacrament of confirmation, his words not only are placing his hands upon our head and asking for the Holy Spirit to come down, but then he takes the oil, the anointing, the oil, and he says, be sealed, be sealed with the Holy Spirit be sealed. That means there's a seal upon us, the seal of the Holy Spirit, allowing that seal to, to bring forth the grace. It's the anointing, it's the being like Messiah, because that's what someone who is anointed means. So we are, we are in, in invited to be, become like, like our Lord in every way. But then the other, the other side, which is to us, which you know we always have to know that we receive the gifts but then what happens to us? Sometimes we cooperate with grace, sometimes we don't. We may receive everything and then we get into a bad company. Friends who just drag us away because we're social beings. We like company, we like to be part of a group. So we may end up being in the wrong group. Though we receive these gifts, but then we put all kinds of junk on the top of that what we have received. Sometimes there's a pile of things which should not be there. And so the Holy Spirit and grace have hard time even working within us because we don't want the Lord there. We want it to just follow our own ways. And this is why Jesus today, he speaks not only that, no, that 
people should not be prevented, even if he chooses the low, the lowest of all, to heal in his name. But also he does not want anyone to mistreat, mislead, scandalize those who are weak in faith, those who are or children. There's so many scandals in the church. We know we've lived through them and we're living always. Not only, you know, the, the, the clergy abuse, but also, you know, the witness of, of, of laity as well, all of us, or religious, we're not focused. We don't seem to always look at what is the greatest, the gifts that God gives us. We, we, we shortchange the Lord. He invested so much, and what do we produce? Do we produce the true and great fruit of God? And it's not only something that is that for us, but it's for everyone. You know, it is for everyone. The graces are given forever and through us. And this is why the Lord says, if, if anybody um, causes the little one or the people who are weak in faith, causes them to sin in any way, it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea. Or what happens to us? And Jesus says, what causes us to sin? What causes us to, to, um, to come short of the mark of, of God? If it's eye or foot or a hand or whatever, mouth, whatever it is, the Lord says with a seriousness, it is better to go into heaven maimed rather than to go completely the way we are and go into Gehenna, you know, go into hell. And that's a very real, very real, real truth here that Jesus wants to underscore. You know, do not allow yourself to be dragged into by others. Do not, do not look, do not uh, allow yourself to be dragged by your own passions in such a way where it seems like there's no way out except being separated from God. But we know that we ourselves are weak, so we can, we can be dragged, we can be pulled, we can be, sometimes we choose even to follow things which are not of him because we want to gain something or we want to receive something or we want to console ourselves, whatever it may be. But we always know that sin never consoles us in the end. Even when the evil one, you know, drags us into it, promising all kinds of things, we know that at the end, he even, even the evil one, you know, tells us, you see who you are? You're just a broken vessel. You're no, no good. You're nobody. You know, you, you can't even remain faithful. So we know that, that sin is that which is actually very destructive. And this the sin which so many people do not acknowledge anymore. So many people do not even know what sin is. And yet the sin is that reality which caused Jesus to suffer so much, to, to be crucified and died for us, just like in this cross we see, this crucifix. It is that reality, so sin. First of all, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to allow us to understand sin to a deeper degree. Sin, what is sin? Sin saying no to God on the deepest level of who we are. Sin is being pulled by our disordered passions and not saying no to them, or at least begging God to free us from, from, from that condition. Sin is jealousy, sin is envy, sin is you know, loss, sin is pride of any form. Sin is any form of, of, uh, of, uh, of gluttony or whatever it may be, anything that just has a control over our life. And that is why we have to ask the Holy Spirit to come down to help us both understand what sin is and how to, to be able to overcome it.
And finally, there's a, from the second reading today from St. James, there's also not only personal sin, but also sin in relationship to others. And that is where St. James was very tough with us. He says, what, what do you have which you don't need and you do not share with those who are in need? Because he says to us very clearly, you know, our relationship of love, God has such a great love for us. He did everything, gave himself completely to us and he's asking us the same. So if there is a, if there are Christians who, you know, and he uses wealth as a, as a, as a category here, because wealth, it doesn't mean that you have, but it's the question is, what do you do with it? And, you know, and we speaks, your gold and silver are corroded or tarnished. That means they were used, they're just sitting there and they're not used for anything. They're not used for anything or clothing, you know, because in the old world, there are two things that people would collect, you know, as, a, as wealth, uh, which was clothing, uh, very rich clothing, and then gold or silver or stones. And so St. James wants to focus on those things because those are the things which people, you know, would, would, would um, set aside. But then he says another aspect is not just that you have, but perhaps, perhaps your wages were withheld or you withheld your wages to those who were in need. And these people will cry out because you made resources, you made money on those who were, who were, who were, um, who were poor. Sometimes I, I shouldn't be maybe perhaps saying this, but look, we have credit cards and the poor are paying 30%, you know, whatever it is. So because they don't have enough resources or they mismanaged, whatever it may be. And so those who, who are being punished for, for mismanaging or perhaps they're poor, so become poorer. Somebody else makes money on those. You know, I, sh I shouldn't say this, but this is a reality. That's a social dimension of, of us all. You know, those who are better off, they can take advantage of all kinds of things, breaks, those who are poor or not. And so it is St. Saint, Saint James who says, uh, you may have all these re resources and you have lived in luxury and pleasure. And, and, and yet, because you have forgotten that second part of the commandment of God's love, and that second, not only God, second commandment of, of love, love of God and love of neighbor, then perhaps by lack of charity, by lack of awareness, by perhaps maybe, uh, you know, laziness, whatever it may be, that we are bringing ourselves to a place where we should not be because we may not make it to heaven. So maybe then today, as we hear two things, the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give us, the power of the grace that he gives us. But is that power is able to heal our disorders, heal our brokenness. Is that power that gives us wisdom and understanding what to do, how to live our life each day. It is the power that can root out things which are blocking us from being more charitable, more loving, more kind. God gives us all not only through his word, but then in his love, he comes to us in the Eucharist. He gives us himself. He gives us the capacity to become like God, to become like his son. 
and he's preparing us for eternity. May we then, through this Eucharist, which is both the Jesus' offering of himself on our behalf, but also he gives himself to us as the very nourishment for healing, for strength, for holiness. May he transform us, sanctify us, that all of us and the many people that the Lord has given to us to care for, especially spiritually, that we may be able to, all of us, one day share the glory and happiness of heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.